0: You're listening to Preston's Poetry Podcast. One of the alternate titles for last episode was something like How to Read Old Poems, and sort of revisited the idea of a sonnet along with some rhyming. Today's poem will go along with some more tips on reading poems. And of all the ones I presented, Red Wheelbarrow included, this is the biggest example of concentration, of concise poetry I know of. We'll be looking at American poet Emily Dickinson. American literature is lucky to have three clear founders a mother, Emily Dickinson, a father, Walt Whitman, and a drunk uncle, Edgar Allan Poe. Emily Dickinson was a very private person. It's said that she even had other people sign the envelopes of her letters so that the mailman wouldn't know it was actually written by her. She was barely known in her day, and many of her poems were highly edited if they were published during her lifetime. After her death, her sister and subsequent scholars— have since compiled some 1,800 poems written by Emily Dickinson. Only some 10% of her poems were actually given titles, so there's a general number system for her poems, and not everybody even agrees on that numbering system even. Today's poem is generally known as either number 260 or 288. Even the fact that it's just a number just goes to show how secret it is. Anyway, have a listen. I'm nobody, who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell, they'd advertise, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public, like a frog to tell one's name, the live long June to an admiring bog. Dickens's poems are very good examples of concentration, the theme of this short series. Most of her poems are rather short. This one is only eight lines and usually rhyme. You, too, frog, bog in this poem do rhyme, but the in-between lines don't. The thing about Dickens's poetry is that every single word and punctuation mark is completely and fully intentional. As a very reclusive person, She spent her time thinking about every single detail of her work. She also popularized a certain punctuation mark in English, the dash. Usually, dashes are for interruptions in thought, or for extraneous bits of information you don't really know how to put in the sentence, but that are relevant. So today's tip is really the opposite end of the spectrum from enjambment. Rather than just carry over to the next line, the inclusion of the dash, Dickinson even asks you to stop in the middle of a line, sometimes three times in only a four-word line. This one, called 260, 288, or just by the first line, I'm nobody, who are you? Dickinson criticizes popularity. She claims she's a nobody and hopes you are too. She compares fame and popularity to being a frog croaking to a swamp the whole month long, just yelling their own name. But if I read it slowly, with all the pauses, each idea seems to have sparked a whole mass of thoughts in her mind about what every single word actually means. Not like a frog croaking their own name, but like one who really seriously dwells on what they say before they speak. It begins, I'm nobody, with an exclamation mark, not a period, not a dash. So she's declaring she's a nobody, and she seems to have perfectly come to terms with that. Who are you? Hmm. Who am I? That's a bit more difficult. Who are you? Try to answer that. Luckily, she lightens the mood with, Are you, capital N, nobody, too? As if somewhat unsure about asking or suggesting that maybe you might not be famous. It's almost playful in nature at this point, like it should be at a whisper. Then there's a pair of us. Exclamation point, a couple of nobodies, but shh, don't tell. They'd advertise. What? Who is they? Who would advertise? You know. Not a question, oddly. With an exclamation point, you know. So as you can see, there's a lot going on in such a very small space. Let's go back and observe all the pauses and punctuation marks. I'm going to try to really exaggerate these pauses, but I think it's near impossible to over-observe them. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you... Nobody? Two? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd advertise. You know. How dreary. To be. Somebody. How public. Like a frog. To tell one's name the live-long June to an admiring bog. Hanging on every single word, especially the long introspective pauses of the dashes, bring a lot out of the poem. What is a nobody? Why are public people like frogs? This is a prime example of concentrated language. But if we spend the time, we really get to feel what it's like to be such a thoughtful, introspective person. It begs us to think seriously, and somehow manages to do so in a friendly manner. It's a completely different type of genius, and no other poet quite breaches this level of intentional, precise, concentrated poetry like Emily Dickinson. If you want to try something like this out, try adding silence to your poem with dashes. While you can fill in with more words to describe what you want, you can also just say one thing, then beg the reader to stop and consider with a dash. You don't always have to try to solve description with more words, like a frog explaining his point away to an admiring bog. You can also pick up a copy of Emily Dickinson's poems and spend some time meditating with them. They're very good for that. If you give her the time and the silence, her poetry will lead you through some serious reflection that will have you trying to exhaust her poems with delightfully little success. Hey y'all, Preston here. Thanks for tuning in. My favorite line of today's poem was, How dreary to be. Tell me yours or ask me stuff on Preston's Poetry Podcast Instagram or Facebook page or via the website, prestonspoetrypodcast.com. We'll see y'all.